Hello. Welcome to Spiritual Warfare. My name is Teresa. Tonight I will be reading from the book Imagine Heaven by John Burke, forward by Don Piper. Near-death experiences, God's promises, and the exhilarating future that awaits you. Before we get started, I read a very sad story in the news last night down in Florida in West Palm Beach. There was an elderly lady walking her bike over a drawbridge. And she was only 10 feet away to where it connects to Palm Beach. And the drawbridge began to rise. And she wasn't across it yet. A bystander grabbed her but couldn't hold the grip, his grip. And she tragically fell to her death five to six stories on concrete. That is so sad. I can't even imagine what was going through her head either or why the person running the drawbridge didn't see her. Oh, how sad. I'm sure when she left to go for a walk, she didn't think that that would be her last day on this earth. But it was her last day. We don't know when our last day is. Please be prepared. You have a choice. When it is your last day, where you want to spend eternity, where do you want to spend eternity? That decision is up to you. Totally 100% up to you. You decide how you're going to live your life. And I really pray that if God is tugging at your heart, I pray that you listen and you give your life to him. I think it's a very exciting life personally. It always has been for me anyway. Uh, it's far from boring too, I might add. So anyway, I really am wishing everybody a great week and um, just think you don't know when your last day is going to be. We are going to start out. God is personal. By Moody's accounts, every single person who saw this light expressed seemingly identical sentiments. It was a definite being and one that radiated a light indescribable. They each described the being as personal, possessing a unique personality. That's kind of cute. Dr. Moody summarizes how the love and the warmth which emanate from this being to the dying person are utterly beyond words, and he feels completely surrounded by it and taken up in it, completely at ease and accepted in the presence of this being. Researcher Steve Miller also reports near-death experiencers who confirmed the personal, loving, all-knowing nature of this being. I went through this dark black vacuum at super speed. You could compare it to a tunnel. I saw a bright light, and on my way there, I heard beautiful music, and I saw colors I'd never seen before. The light was of a kind that I've never seen before and that differs from any other kind such as sunlight. 
It was white and extremely bright, and yet you could easily look at it. It's the pinnacle of everything there is, of energy, of love especially, of warmth and beauty. I was immersed in a feeling of total love. From the moment the light spoke to me, I felt really good, secure, and loved. The love which came from it, just unimaginable, indescribable. It was a fun person to be with. And it had a sense of humor, too. <laughs> Definitely. I never wanted to leave the presence of this being. I think that's so comical. God does have a sense of humor. How fun is that going to be? Back to the story. My whole life so far appeared to be placed before me in a kind of panoramic three-dimensional review. And each event seemed to be accompanied by an awareness of good and evil or by an insight into its cause and effect. Throughout, I not only saw everything from my own point of view, but I also knew the thoughts of everybody who'd been involved in these events. And throughout the review, stress the importance of love. That is the number one commandment from God is love, 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 love. I encourage anyone to show love to people, give, open the door for somebody if you're both going in the door at the same time. If you're at a grocery store, ask that person, hey, can I take the card up for you? Show love. It doesn't have to be monetary. You can show love in many different kinds of ways. Back to the story. The prophets write, the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Every single person who encounters this being of light no matter what they call him, knows that he's a person who knows every secret about them and yet loves them more than they ever imagined. They describe the mystery of the Jewish God, Yahweh, who, as Moses said, is only one God. Yet, as Daniel and Isaiah allude, exists in loving relationship as Almighty Father, one like a son of man or Messiah and his Holy Spirit. The Jewish prophet Isaiah tells how personal and intimate this triune God claims to be with us. Yahweh said, Surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so he became their savior. And all their distress, he too was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and he carried them all the days of old. Yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Yahweh reveals himself as a father who longs for loving children, an angel of his presence who is their savior, and the Holy Spirit who can feel grief. God is emotionally involved with us because we were created in his image and he is personal. Though God is infinite, omniscient and powerful beyond our comprehension he's also personally involved with every person he created even alexander speaks of the presence of god during his near-death experience as vast infinite completely other and yet extremely personal 
and meditated through an orb of brilliant light. Though I don't agree with all he says, he still seems to describe what others recognize as the father, which he calls Om, O-M. And Jesus the orb, our meditator. Dr. Alexander recalls seeing a light that seemed to come from a brilliant orb that I now sense near me. The orb was a kind of interpreter between me and this vast presence of God surrounding me. Dr. Alexander remembers the voice of the being as warm and oddly personal. Although not speaking in the form of earthly language as we know it, the being possessed human qualities, though is infinitely greater measure It knew me deeply and overflowed with qualities that I've always associated with human beings and human beings alone. Warmth, compassion, even irony and humor. Yay! Dr. Alexander seems to describe the God who revealed himself as eternal father in the sun orb slash man of light who interprets God by becoming human. There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy. The Old Testament prophets revealed this mystery of one God who is love. But whom did God love before his creation? The person of the Father loves the Son, loves the Spirit, loves the Father. God is love because God is personal with a voice like many watchers. As a person, God has a voice unlike any other. Kalita recognized it as a voice inside her telling her, leave the darkness for the light. But then in God's presence, she heard a voice like a mighty rushing waters, powerful and soothing at the same time. It's amazing how many people describe the voice of God with the same words as the prophets, even though They didn't know the scriptures. At times, his voice is soft and loving, yet authoritative. Other times, it's unmistakably powerful. The prophet Ezekiel said, I saw the glory of God of Israel coming from the east. His voice was like the roar of rushing waters, and the land was radiant with his glory. The Jewish prophet Daniel saw the angel of God's presence and described a man of brilliant light with a similar voice. I looked up, and there before me was a man, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of of burnished bronze and his voice like the sound of a multitude. Daniel 10. These Old Testament prophets disguise the same being of light as a man with an unmistakable voice such as near-death experiencers do. One near-death experiencer recalls, when he spoke, it was like somebody had put it on a tremendous loudspeaker and it just bounced off the clouds. Take her back. The light was so beautiful. It was so bright all around the Lord. And his voice was so commanding and yet gentle. I heard a commanding voice that came from everywhere all at once. I even heard it inside of me. It sounded like a thunderous clap of lightning. A great wind and white water rapids all rolled together saying, It's not your time. 
Oh my gosh, how awful would that be? Yikes. Stephen described how the voice of God was like the voice of a hundred friends talking in harmonious unison. I was alarmed until I listened to what he had to say. Don't be afraid. God assured me you have nothing to fear. It's all going to be okay. All over the globe, those who experience God hear the same voice. Sama from the Middle East heard this. Welcome home, Sama. He said in a voice sweet and gentle, yet also powerful like the sound of many waters. He opened his arms to me. His beautiful eyes were like blazing fires of consuming love that overwhelmed me. Imagine one day seeing this being of light with arms open wide speaking in the same voice of loving power. Welcome home. And it's your name, he says. And in that moment, you realize this is the one relationship I've craved all my life. Let's imagine what relating to God might be like in heaven. God is relational. Jack woke up Tuesday morning in severe pain. After three long weeks in the hospital doing strenuous lung exercises, the lung specialist had cleared him for a delicate spinal surgery. Jack's lung disease complicated matters for the anesthesiologist, but the surgery would now happen for the following Friday. As Jack rolled over in bed to ease the pain, a brilliant light appeared in the room and a serene peace came over him. A hand reached out of the light and the voice said, Come with me. I want to show you something. Jack reached out took a hold of the hand. Immediately, he experienced the feeling of being pulled away from his body and moving up toward the ceiling above. As he looked back, he could see his body still lying there on the bed. We started moving through the ceiling and the wall of the hospital room down to a lower floor in the hospital. We had no difficulty in passing through doors or walls, Jack recalled. Jack then discovered they had journeyed to the hospital recovery room, the location in which he had not known before. They were hovering above everything up near the ceiling corner. He recalled seeing medical personnel in green uniforms. He also took note of the placement of the hospital beds in the room and explained how this loving being told him which bed he was going to occupy in the recovery room. Jack reports he was also told he would know nothing after the operation and that he would never awaken again or be aware of anything until God would come back and get him after some time. Jack described hearing the voice as unspoken yet completely understandable. It was clear to Jack that God was showing him all of this so he would not be afraid, especially since Jack had to go through several other things before his death. Jack shared that he had a strong sense that God would be overseeing the whole process and would definitely be there with him at the end. We were in such close communion that nothing whatsoever could have bothered me. Again, it was just a peacefulness, calmness, and a serenity that I have never found anywhere else. After their brief journey together through the hospital and being took back to his room, and in an instant, Jack was back in his body. 
When Jack got up the next morning, knowing he would not survive the surgery, he was not at all afraid. Even though he knew he was going to die, there was no regret, no fear. There was no thought, what can I do to keep this from happening? I was ready. The night before surgery, Jack decided to write two letters and hide them. (laughs) One for his wife and one for his nephew, whom he legally adopted as his own son. He and his wife had been having trouble with their son, and he wanted to express his feelings to both of them. About two pages into the letter to his wife, the floodgates opened and he began to sob. As he cried uncontrollably, Jack again felt God's presence enter the room. At first, he wondered if he had cried so loudly that perhaps one of the nurses had come into the room to check on him, but he had not heard the door open or close. The familiar presence was unmistakable to him. Even though he did not see a light, even so, communication with the divine presence just came to him in his thoughts saying, Jack, why are you crying? I thought you would be pleased to be with me. Jack thought, yes, I am. I want to go very much. Jack told God that he was worried about his nephew and the difficulty his wife would face raising him alone. Jack tried to put his feelings into words, explaining that if he might have been around to assist his wife, he could have helped his nephew get through his setbacks and struggles. God's voice responded, since you're asking for someone else and thinking of others, not Jack, I will grant you what you want. You will live until you see your nephew become a man. Jack miraculously survived the operation. And when he came to, he told Dr. Coleman exactly where he was, including the specific location of his bed as being the first one on the right, just inside the door from the hall. Though the doctor called his recovery miraculous, he thought Jack's excitement of knowing which bed he was in was the anesthesia talking. (laughs) Because of this, Jack did not share his story with anyone other than his wife, his brother, and his minister. Years later, he told Dr. Moody. Can you even imagine having a conversation like that with God? Wow, I cannot even imagine that. God's relational heart. One reason some near-death experiencers claim the being of light cannot be the God of the Old Testament has to do with a misunderstanding. They believe the Old Testament God is a judging, condemning, and punishing God, while the God of the New Testament is is loving, forgiving, and compassionate. Neither generalizations fit. Let me show you how the relational God near-death experiencers encounter matches the God of the Bible. The central theme of the Bible is that God wants a relationship of love with you and every person created. Loving relationship motivates God, but love requires several things, freedom, risk, and choice. That means God chose to subject himself to the same emotional, relational roller coaster ride love subjects every person to. The possibility of rejection and heartbreak. If you listen to the heart of God conveyed through the Old Testament prophets, 
God uses every relational metaphor we can imagine so that we might understand how God feels about us. God pours out his heart to Jeremiah the prophet when the people he loves keep rejecting him to love and worship other things. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Is not Ephraim, my dear son, the child of whom I delight? Though I often speak against him, I still remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I have great compassion for him, declares the Lord. I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I looked forward to you calling me father, and I wanted you never to turn from me, but you have been unfaithful to me, Jeremiah 3. God loves us like a father loves a wayward child. Even though we rebel and run away or break his heart, his father's heart yearns to show compassion, forgive, and take us back. But God uses even stronger relational imagery. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Isaiah. God chooses our most intimate relationship to liken what he wants with us. As hard as it is for us to fathom, God likens himself to a love-struck groom who sings over his bride. The Lord your God is with you the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Though only a few near-death experiencers mentioned it, in heaven, Dean heard God the Father singing back to each and every being, giving him praise before the throne. He was singing an individual love song to each of his creations. The song was alive and seemed to go inside of the beans it was meant for. That is what was going on in heaven. Father God was expressing his love for each being and they were expressing their love for him. William Smith experienced something similar. There's a difference in the two identifiable characters who are one and the same God. One comes out of the other. The spiritual person who unites each one, God's spirit, moves from the Son to the Father. There is no separation between them. There's God himself, single, only one. He reveals himself in time through the incarnation, Jesus. Jesus is all that comes from the Father. I became part of his love. He serenaded me and sang me to his throne. Imagine if that's how God feels about you. All the love songs on earth are a reflection of the image of the one who loves you more. When you're with him, his love overwhelms all loves. It's so amazing you don't want to be anywhere else. That's the overwhelmingly consistent response of near-death experiencers. That puts in perspective the next relational image God gives through the prophets. Imagine God says how you would feel if the one you loved most, your own spouse, committed adultery. That's how I feel when those I love are unfaithful to me. Thank you for joining me. I wish everyone a blessed week and I will see you next time.